0: Thank you, Monica. I just have a few announcements for us this morning. My name is Dave, and I'm one of the pastors here at Good Old North Shore Alliance Church. Again, like Olivier said, tonight we're having a worship night here at the church at 6.30 p.m., so you're all invited back to that. Also, I don't know if you know about this, but this week begins a two-week COP28 climate change conference. It's in Dubai. It's a very important conference in our world, and we are hosting evening prayer nights every night online at 9 o'clock as we're praying for this gathering of world leaders to talk about our world and its uh, climate change issues. So we are invited to attend that, our prayer meetings, each di- each night starting November 30th. Also, next week, we're having a special kids ministry event, a cookie nativity family event. That's coming up on December the 9th, and that's going to be a great event. You can sign up through our church website. I also re- want to remind you of The amazing event in our city here, it's been going for 35 years, the North Shore Community Christmas Dinner. Our church has been leading it for the last 27 or so years, and it's coming up Saturday, December 16th at Carson Graham. Many of you have already signed up to volunteer. This is a really important event for people struggling with poverty in our city. We're expecting 400 guests for the evening. Uh, I'm a little concerned about a couple of areas of volunteering. One is cookie baking. We want to have 2,500 cookies to package six for each person to come. I only so far have about 11 cookie bakers. I need 50. So please sign up for cookie baking. That's an important job. I also have 37 more spots for cleanup. And I have about eight more spots for dishwashers, too. I know a lot of the romantic jobs are already gone, okay? But I would love for some of you to take on the cookie baking or to take on the cleanup. And also, we are collecting gift cards. Gift cards for... Tim Hortons, Save on Foods Superstore and Walmart, and $25 gift cards, if you have some of those that you would like to donate, that would also be wonderful. I'm gonna dismiss the preteens now, grade five, six, and seven students. Lynn Gunther is your teacher this morning in the upper room. If you're down on the bottom floor, you can head up there, or if you're in the balcony, you can go see Lynn for your teaching time. So today, we launched our Advent series rooted in the writings of prophet Isaiah, penned some 800 years before Christ. One could say that Isaiah's work, 60 years as a prophet, is influenced by three kings, and not the fictitious three kings of the modern Christmas story. Isaiah's career spans the reigns of two of Judah's most prominent kings, Hezekiah and Manasseh and another monarch, an Assyrian named Sennacherib, who was one of the most powerful kings in history. In Isaiah's time, the people of God lived under constant threat of Assyrian invasion, occupation, and rule. The great Scottish poem poet, Lord Byron, perhaps you heard of him, he wrote about the power of Sennacherib, and he wrote this poem in 1815. Here it is, I'll try to give it to you in verse. The Assyrian came down like the wolf on the fold and his cohorts were gleaming in purple and gold and the sheen of their spears was like stars on the sky when the blue wave rolls nightly on deep Galilee. All right, to defend against Assyria, Hezekiah chose the strategy of resistance. King Hezekiah built a water tunnel under Jerusalem. an engineering marvel to this day, you can still tour through it. And he built this tunnel to help his people survive Assyrian siege and to fight back against the enemy. Manasseh took an entirely different tack. His tack was collaboration. And King Manasseh adopted Assyrian religious practices, even to the point of sacrificing his own son in a pagan Assyrian ritual to subdue the enemy by sidling up to it. But through the prophet Isaiah, God condemns both of these kings' strategies. To Hezekiah, Isaiah says, Do not rely solely on your own expertise or power to resist the enemy. And to Manasseh, Isaiah says, Do not rely solely on your own cunning or diplomacy to collaborate with the enemy. Powering up or sidling up cannot save us. A main theme of the book of Isaiah, of the entire Bible, of the Christian story itself is this. The only way for humanity to find salvation and rescue is from outside of this world. The prophet Isaiah has eyes on a new king, one who'd far surpass anything this world had ever seen. Jesus, God himself, who'd come from heaven and conquer darkness once and for all. Have you ever gotten some bad advice? For me, some of the worst advice I ever received and went with came back in the late 1990s when I was youth pastor here at this church, and the kids in the youth group convinced me to dye my hair bleach blonde. (laughs) Perhaps some of you who are around the church remember these days. I I shudder at looking at these photographs. My kids give me such a hard time. It's a miracle I still have some hair today after subjecting it to those bad chemicals. What a terrible idea. Now, we all receive questionable advice all the time, don't we? However, when we heed that bad advice, it's really on us for going with it, isn't it? So, here's a little discussion question for us. We're going to go coffee time on us today. Turn to someone near you for a brief discussion about this. Tell of a time when you followed some bad advice, okay? So, find someone near you, have a conversation, a little conversation about a time in your life when you followed some bad advice. I'm sure you have some stories. Okay, it's time to come back. Get that picture off the screen (laughs) quickly. Thank you. The boys read this scripture already earlier in the service, but this is our passage for today. Isaiah chapter 9. I'm just going to read three of the verses. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Today we focus on the first title, the prophet Isaiah ascribes to Jesus, the coming Messiah, wonderful counselor. The concept of counselor in the ancient world was of a king advising, providing guidance to his subjects. And King Solomon from the Old Testament comes to mind. He's often thought to be one of the wisest people who ever lived, and there's a whole bunch of his wisdom in the Bible's book of Proverbs. Yet, instead of looking to mere humans to counsel us, Isaiah directs our attention beyond, to the divine source of wisdom found in God alone. Isaiah 28 verse 29 says, All true guidance comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent. Isaiah's message, through the incarnation, God becoming flesh in Jesus, wise counsel will be made accessible to all humanity. Let's pray and prepare our hearts for what God might want to speak to us today through his word. God, we come before you this morning. I ask God that you would come and move me out of the way and come and speak to us by your spirit. God, I pray that you would apply the truth of your word to each of our hearts this day. God, we pray that you, our wonderful counselor, would be moving in and around this auditorium and, most importantly, in our hearts with words of challenge and words of comfort to remind us that you, Jesus, are our wonderful counselor. Come and speak to us now, God. We are hungry to hear from you. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Now, I'm no biblical scholar, but many believe there ought to be a comma in the text separating wonderful and counselor. That Jesus is both wonderful and counselor as well as wonderful counselor. Wonderful means incomprehensible, awe-inspiring, beautiful. It's like seeing the Grand Canyon. It's hard to find words to describe its otherworldly appearance, its immensity, its transcendence. Something truly wonderful makes us stand up and take notice. It arrests us. It it stops us dead in our tracks because it's so different from what we've come to expect or been conditioned with our eyes to see. There is a mind-boggling beauty wired into the story of Jesus. Think about. Think about his virgin birth. His sinless life, his healings, his miracles, his resurrection. And wonderful is not always what we think it is. Consider the magnificent, unconventional wisdom in the teachings of Jesus. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Love your enemies, Jesus says, and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus says, whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Wow. It's like one pastor writes, when we find something to be beautiful, we dwell on it and stand before it because it is satisfying in and of itself. And so the reason we should obey Jesus, not simply because we have to, but also because we want to, is that in light of all he is and how he has done for us, he is wonderful. Though Psalm 23 is written by King David, shepherd of Israel, in it, David acknowledges a far greater shepherd. Psalm 23 is an expression of confidence in the protection, and the guidance, and the care of the Lord upon whom the psalmist shows absolute dependence. I believe that Psalm 23 also paints a picture that tells us more about Jesus, our wonderful counselor, our shepherd king. Let's read Psalm 23. Let's, let's actually read it together today. It's on the screen behind me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He makes me. He leads me. He refreshes. He guides me. It's a strong language. And we can choose to open our hearts to God's leadership or we can choose to reject it. This is far easier said than done, especially for type A-driven individuals with moderate to severe control issues. I want to do it myself. Don't tell me what to do. Problem is, we don't like to be led. But Proverbs 1, verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is a huge spiritual question. Will we allow God to lead us? Often it's not till the big one hits. When we face a life circumstance, an unforeseen illness, an uncertain future, a breakup, an out-of-control addiction, a tragedy too big for us to navigate, it's then that we finally see our need for God and his wise counsel in our lives. Still, God is patient. He doesn't typically bust his way into our lives. Instead, the shepherd king waits for us to call on his counsel, to invite him to lead our lives. There's a keen sense of movement in Psalm 23. And I believe this long pilgrimage with God is extremely valuable for our ongoing spiritual growth and health. The Lord leads us beside quiet waters. He's with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And eventually, the Lord brings us to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In life, we may choose to see a counselor to process an abrupt life change or an emotional or relational trauma. I've seen a counselor on a number of occasions in my life. And typically, working through these things with a counselor involves a process. It's it's rarely one and done. And it best takes place slowly over time. Same with Jesus. He never promises that the journey with him will be quick or easy. But we do know this, the way with Jesus always leads to life. And Jesus walks right with us in it, by our side. And we can cling to his presence and rely on his wise counsel over the long haul. Well, just before his death and resurrection... And six weeks prior to his physical departure from earth, Jesus says in John 14, 26, and I actually like how the indigenous Bible puts it. I'm going to read that for us this morning. The indigenous Bible says, but there is one whom the Father is sending to represent me. Jesus says he will walk beside you and be your spirit guide. He is the Holy Spirit who will be your wisdom keeper and will help you to remember all that I have told you. Then later in John 15, 26, Jesus says again, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. This is a vital aspect of the Christian life. The indwelling Holy Spirit is our advocate, supporting, encouraging, strengthening, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, teaching, teaching, reminding and illuminating Jesus and his truth in our lives. And counting on the Holy Spirit is what turned the disciples and this world upside down. Bolstered by the Holy Spirit, their counselor, the disciples went out and evangelized the world against great opposition. Relying on the counselor is, in my opinion, the best persecution survival strategy. It is also an antidote for depression and anxiety. My go-to prayer for Christ followers struggling with mental and emotional health, this is my go-to prayer. Holy Spirit, would you make the peace of Jesus real for my friend right now? One of the most amazing things that we can count on our wonderful counselor to bring us is out of this world peace. Well, it's time now to land the plane on some application points. and I offer three for us today. One challenge and two comforts. There's a lot of noise in our world. A ton of voices competing for our attention. You need to do this. Gotta have that. If you only. And God's wise counsel is available to us too. Yet, one of the most important facets of our journey with Jesus is learning how to access God's wise counsel. How to discern and hear God's voice above all the chaos. And people of North Shore Alliance Church, I challenge us to tune in. We can tap in to the wise counsel of Jesus in many ways. First, through God's word, the Bible. This was one of the very first Bible verses I memorized when I was a little kid. Psalm 119, 105. Lord, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. North Shore Alliance Church's first vision point. We are a church that's for the gospel and the word of God. I challenge us, all of us, to be regularly reading God's word, studying it, engaging our hearts and our heads with Bible Bible teaching and preaching. Yet, the Bible is not merely words on a page. It's God's word to us. And teaching and preaching is not meant simply for us to acquire more knowledge, but to facilitate a deeper personal relationship between us and God that we might know him better, and that from knowing God, we might be able to mine life, wisdom, and direction from our wonderful counselor. We also receive the wise counsel of Jesus through prayer, private and corporate. Prayer is such a key spiritual practice. Prayer keeps our dependence fixed on Jesus. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, Who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God loves it when we humbly come to Him and bow before Him in prayer, or when we muster up the courage to ask others to pray for us. And God moves when we come and receive prayer ministry and surrender ourselves and our life situations to Him before others. And another way that we encounter the wise counsel of Jesus is through worship music. Now, I don't know the science behind music, but I think Bob Seger is probably onto something in his song, Old Time Rock and Roll. That kind of music just soothes the soul. Yeah, music, music has a way. I woke you up, woke a few of you up. who were sleeping there, it's good. It's all right, lots of people sleep during my sermons. Maybe you at home should wake up too. Music, it has a way of touching the human heart. God's wired it that way. And I know music isn't everybody's thing. Many of you have told me so. (laughs) But so often, God ministers his presence, his truth, his comfort through worship music in our homes, in our cars, in our gatherings. I've heard so many stories of people over the years, some who've never, ever been to church before. Some who don't even understand a word of English who've walked into our services and experienced the powerful presence of Jesus through the music. We access the wise counsel of Jesus also through other people. And this highlights the importance of Christian community. It does take some effort on our part to build it, to invest in getting to know others and risk being vulnerable to be known by others. But the risk, the risk is worth it when we intentionally engage in church community, when we commit to serve, when we join a small group, when we build deep relationships with other believers, God loves to minister to us through the spiritual gifts of others. Often, when I've been in a dark place, God has ministered to me through others, many of you. And when God unknowingly puts me and my needs on the radar of another person who then steps up under God's prompting to care for me, it's humbling, it's mind-boggling, and it's beautiful. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. There are other ways that God speaks to us. Most important, though, is that we tap in to his wise counselor. Second point today, uh, by way of application, is this, that our counselor walks with us in the valleys. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. With his rod and his staff, our shepherd king, our wonderful counselor, both protects us from danger and guides us on the correct path, even in the darkest valley, should we choose to acknowledge his presence and accept his leadership. And to illustrate this further, Jacob shares a testimony today with us via video let's watch this video together
1: Jesus has been to me wonderful counselor while i have lived with chronic pain and mental illness at critical moments after significant losses having descended into terrifying depression i have cried out and felt him answer me as deep as you are i hold you It was present with me in the deep as long as it endured. As I struggle on, he is assuring me that by his generous embrace, I belong to the kingdom and the resurrection. And he is guiding me through the valley, teaching me how to walk the path with patience and vision, telling me I'm not defined by my wounds or perceived deficits. I felt him offer once, all that I have is yours. I have given you my very self. What would I withhold from you? I have found myself held in these years of chronic pain and mental illness. The counsel of my king has been kind and wonderful, and I find myself believing in abundance, beauty, and the coming of the kingdom of God.
0: Thank you, Jacob, for sharing your story with us. These past few years, as I've journeyed through the valleys of my own pains and losses, I've been camping on this verse. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Remarkable. Here's the point. God is no admirer of human expertise, human power, or the appearance of having it all together. No. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. With God, we never have to suppress or hide our pain. Those who rely on his counsel, the ones who follow his guidance, the people who are utterly dependent on his power, these are the ones God remains close to. The Christmas season, well, joy-filled for some, can be difficult for others, and a stark reminder of our pains and losses. And Some of us are facing a blue Christmas this year. We suffered a loss. Someone will be missing from around the table, or... We're the ones far away, missing loved ones or alienated from them. The promised joy of Christmas is hard to step into for those who feel alone, burdened by our pain, physical, mental, emotional, or relational. As we walk through our grief, as we stare at our pains and losses, which Christmas has a way of making us do, may we know that Jesus is by our side. And our wonderful counselor offers these wise words to us. My child, please know you are not defined by your wounds, your deficits, or your brokenness. I love you, Jesus says, and I am with you. This is the comfort Jesus, our wonderful counselor, loves to provide. Third and final application point is this. Jesus, our wonderful counselor, truly gets us. Perhaps it's our misreading of the Bible or our effort to keep God at a distance. We don't like having God in our kitchen. That's maybe behind our common failure to remember this key truth. God, the Son, Jesus is fully human. He was and is fully human. He is one of us. Hebrews 4 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, relatability of the incarnation. Our Savior is no ivory palace prince. God the Son Jesus understands the human condition intimately. He got right into it. He got stuck in. Jesus steps down into this dark world. He gets dirty himself, and he sets to work redeeming us and all creation. Wonderful. In his book, Hidden Christmas, Tim Keller writes this. If God has really been born in a manger, then we have something that no other religion even claims to have. It's a God who truly understands you from the inside of your experience. There's no religion that says God has suffered, that God had to be courageous, that he knows what it's like to be abandoned by friends, to be crushed by injustice, to be tortured and died. Christmas shows he knows what you're going through. When you talk to Jesus, he understands. When choosing a counselor, there are many things to consider. Their credentials, their experience, personal and professional, their ability to relate to our struggles, their accumulated wisdom to guide us and truly get what we're going through in order to provide us with good advice. And we can be confident that we have all of this and so much more in Jesus, our wonderful counselor. May we take comfort in his presence, in our life's deepest Valleys. May we tune our hearts into his voice above all the competing voices in our world. And above all, may we put our faith wholly in Jesus, our wonderful counselor who loves to protect, lead, and guide us. Amen. I invite the wonder- worship team, the wonderful worship team, <laughs> to come now. And during worship, we will have prayer ministry available as well. I think we have a couple people praying over here Clive and Debbie. And we have a couple of people praying in the balcony as well. If God's placed some. Gary, is that Gary and Isabel in the balcony? Awesome. I see you. And Clive and Debbie will be over there. Like I said in my message today, I encourage you. One of the ways that God loves to minister to us is when we come and ask other people to pray for us. And so I encourage you to go forward for prayer ministry. You can go to find these people during our worship time. Let's stand and respond together.